hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast brought to you by Tacticam. Tacticam is by far the easiest way to begin filming your hunts. Whether it's the budget-friendly Solo or the 4K 5.0, Tacticam has something for everyone. Check them out at Tacticam.com. This year we're also working with Spartan Forge. Spartan Forge is machine learning, artificial intelligence for the deer woods. It's the farmer's almanac on steroids. Except for this time, it has millions, billions of data points uh, from collared deer studies all over all different regions of the U.S. um, Because the deer in Georgia don't move like the deer in New York or Michigan or Iowa. Um, There's different weather patterns, different uh, things that trigger them. So um, you can check out our podcast with Bill uh, back uh, a few months ago. But... um, Spartan Forge is adding a lot of new features, and right now it's priced super friendly, and you can use code BOWHUNTER to save 25%, but if you buy it now, you're locked into that price as they add things. So these data points are continually being collected, and they're able to do more with the information uh, because machine learning, it's always learning. It's not just stagnant. So um, as they add new features, the price is going to go up. But once you're locked in at whatever price, you're grandfathered in for all the features to come. Um, So it's not going to be this cheap forever. Prices are changing. Things are going on. So get over to SpartanForge.ai and check it out. Use code BOWHUNTER for 25% off. We got to say welcome to our newest Patreon. So Patreon is a uh, crowdfunding for creators. So what they do is they like the show. They listen just like you do. And they say, man, we want to help out. We want to support these guys. We want more cool stuff. Um, so they sign up and, you know, it starts at like $5 a month at 17 cents a day uh, for what we're doing. And we give away a ton of stuff. Um, so for this quarter so we do quarterly giveaways um tacticam is giving away a 5.0 camera package with the turkey reaper and this year for everything that tacticam is giving us they said whoever wins it when they kill something um have them send us the footage we will edit it and we will share it on all of our social um so that's super cool uh we're giving away a latitude classic saddle um 
and that's going to be the whole kit. So we're going to be Latitude Classic Saddle, XOP Sticks, the Artisan Outdoor Platform um, that I've been using. And then just because we're not uh, affiliated with anybody, we're going to give you the tethered, the new tethered 8mm ropes. Um, so we're giving that away. Spartan Forge is giving away a swag pack with, uh, you know, a hat, shirt, and a one-year subscription to Spartan Forge base map i mean right now i'm testing the new base map app they're um, upgrading a bunch of stuff uh, within their app and uh, i'm i'm testing that out i'm really liking what i'm seeing from the from the base map you know it's hard to beat the price of base map i mean 30 dollars for the entire year for um, the entire country and tons and tons of layers i mean it's got lake depths it's got all different things and then you can use our code which is Chronicles. You got to go online to do that. Uh, if you go through the App Store, the App Store takes money. Uh, so if you go online, you use code Chronicles, you'll save 20% there. So it's $24 for the year for Basemap. I mean, it's really, it's a great program and it's super hard to beat. So they're giving away a year subscription to their Basemap Pro as well as the swag pack as well. Uh, the guys from Zinger Fletchings are giving away some, some of their, um, fletchings um, so they're 3d printed um, compression fit um, you can check them out at at uh, zinger fletchings you, you just put that in and uh, we're giving that away so i mean these are all things that you know are only for the patreon so uh, i added another tier so there's a, a ten dollar tier that has three times uh, the chances to win all that stuff um, as well as a marco polo group so that's been really awesome. A lot of gear testing, a lot of gear talk, um, and just building a community. And, and we're really enjoying that. So, um, like I said, that's, that's our Patreon. If you want to become part of that, our newest Patreon. So we've got Robbie, uh, Signer from Coldwater, Michigan, um, and Tori Owens. Um, Tori is from New York. He's, you know, put me in touch with a lot of great people. Um, and we've mentioned him on the Jason Campbell podcast. If, uh, you didn't listen to that one, you should, uh, it's got some interesting information towards the end of it, uh, a little polarizing. Uh, but he was, uh, New York transplanted here to Michigan, right in, uh, our hometown. And then, um, for that, uh, those $10 guys, they've got those three chance, you know, three times the chances to win everything that we're giving away, um, in that public land assassin category, uh, Adam Hudson out of West Virginia, Dylan Booth out of New York. And then Nathan Cooper and Nathan, um, I need to get your address because I'm sending out the swag packs and I need to, uh, I need to know where to send it. So, and when you win, um, you know, that tactic camera, that saddle setup, I need to know where to send that too. So get a hold of me through Patreon or, you know, you got my phone number for, you know, they, they've all got my number. So, um, you know, I can't thank those guys enough. That money goes right back into the show for, you know, equipment like this. Uh, the pod track, the thing that I'm using here, I just bought a new, I refurbished a new computer to send John with, um, all sorts of things. So all of this is going right back into the podcast and you can check that out. I mean, if you guys want to do that, that's at, uh, patreon.com forward slash bowhunter chronicles podcast, or, uh, you just click on our website and there's a link to Patreon on there. And when you're on the website up in the right-hand corner, um, there's a way to sign up. You can sign up uh, through Instagram. There's a, a link there. 
um, we're giving away a bow. So we're giving away a bow, um, not through Patreon. Anybody can join. Anybody can sign up, um, including the patrons. We have like maybe 150 people that have signed up to win this bow. It's a Bowtech Carbon Zion. Um, we're getting that uh, not from Bowtech. We're getting that on our own. Uh, our friends up at uh, Mitch's Great Outdoors in Montague, Michigan, they are helping us out. So thanks, big thanks to Mitch. Um, and John's going to set that bow up. Um, everything on it is going to be brand new. And this podcast with uh, Chris Ham from HHA, I reached out to him to say, hey, can you, uh, you know, maybe give us a discount on a site? And he just, you know, opened the doors and said, you know, yep, I'll give you a site. I'll give you a rest. Um, we'll, we'll get everything set up. So it's going to be the HHA Tetra, um, just an incredible uh, single pin site. Um, you know, so this is a you know $1,000 plus bow package. Uh, that we're giving away just to say thank you to you guys, the listener. So um, really good odds, even better odds for the Patreons, um, you know, because they get additional entries. But, um, you know, anybody can win it. So there, you don't have to be a Patreon to win. You just go to um, the website and, and sign up. That's all you need to do. Um, but getting back to this podcast, you know, HHA has been making, you know, probably the best single pin sites out there forever. And, um, it's just one of those kind of staples. I've been using one for years, I don't know, a decade. And, um, you know, to sit down and talk with Chris, what a great guy. Um, but he's doing with everything that he's got from HHA. Um, he wanted to give back to the veteran community. And, um, so he started this HHA USA foundation, uh, to give back to veterans through Honor Flight, um, to give there's a number of different organizations that are on his HHA USA website, uh, but they're also giving money to um, help prevent the 22 veterans that commit suicide every day. Um, they're they're donating a good percent, I believe it's 22 percent of their um, everything that HHA USA takes in to kind of thwart that um, to help to help. Uh, you know, provide support to those veterans. Um, and so, I mean, this is a really good podcast if you want to learn more about HHA, uh, but more so you get to see kind of like, you know, who Chris is and what they're doing with HHA USA and, and how they're giving back to the veterans. So I think you guys are really going to like this podcast. So let us know what you think. Leave us a review. Tell one of your buddies, say, hey, check out this podcast. You know, that's all we can ask. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the episode. All right, everybody. Adam and John back with another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. Tonight, we've got um, Chris Ham with HHA on the on the line. And um, through some of our mutual friends and uh, Eric over at the uh, Where to Hunt podcast, uh, when we were doing this bow giveaway, I was like, you know, we need to outfit this thing. And I know that Eric had... Uh, you know, does a bunch of HHA stuff. And, um, so I just said, Hey, do you know anybody over there? And he put me in touch with Chris and, uh, Chris is like, I, I couldn't, uh, I can't say enough good things. It was just like, like, it was like talking to an old friend, like super easy to talk to, super helpful, uh, everything. And, uh, you know, doing some really great things with kind of the, the platform and the, you know, his ability with, with HHA. And we'll get into some of that on the podcast, but, um, you know, just 
real quick, big thanks to Eric for, for putting us in touch with, uh, with Chris. So, um, how are you doing tonight, Chris? Well, I'm trying to stay warm. I think we're, uh, you guys always get a little warm up over the lake, but it's, it's eight below here just with the straight temp tonight. So. Wow. Welcome to winter. Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, we had 35 or 36 below wind chills yesterday morning when I got up. So. Yeah. I, I, I think we were like five degrees this morning and I know on my way home it was like 16 and I thought I was actually talking to one of our patrons in Oklahoma and he was chipping ice off his car and I'm like well it's up 11 degrees from this morning at uh at 16 so yeah it's 13 right now so <laughs> and that's a heat wave yeah, for one, you it sounds like <laughs> well once, once it gets to five or zero it's like it's just cold it doesn't matter if it's kind of above or 10 below or 20 below it's just you go outside and about the first two steps you take your breath is gone so and so you are um you know from HHA you know everybody thinks of HHA as the the single pin guys right i mean I, that that's kind of john is that what you would say well that's what i was yeah i mean that's <laughs> my first pin single pin site was the HHA so um from from that how did you get involved with HHA and even uh, just because i know the story even before that like what was your upbringing like hunting and bow hunting and what was the the time frame um, you know, what, what was the era of bow hunting at that time? Well, I mean, yeah, like you, you said, a lot of your listeners probably know HHA for the, for the optimizer and the single pin bow sites and those launched back in 96. So, I mean, that was, that's going on 25 years ago, which is, it's crazy how much the time flies. Um, but, uh, HHA was actually around for almost a decade, well over a decade before that, my dad actually started the company in 1984 uh, with a single product with a folding stabilizer. So that, that's what got his foot in the, in the archery door and into the archery world. But then we got into, uh, mechanical releases. We made broadheads, we made cardboard deer targets, we made quivers, um, just, just kind of threw anything at the wall that would stick, um, to, to start making a name for ourselves. And it wasn't until almost a decade later that the optimizer came our way and kind of kind of shot us into the into the archery stratosphere and, and you know our success kind of bloomed from there but um my dad was a was an archer back uh you know pre-compound so you're talking late 60s early 70s when the first compound bows came out he just he picked it up as a as a hobby and it soon became a passion and and he decided he wanted to try to get into that industry so um i was born in 1975 and i think i had my first bow in 1977 it was one of the, the suction cup bows that probably everybody that's ever shot a bow and arrow had so um i've, I've known archery for for my entire life and my first bow i wish i would have hung on to it but it was a little white bear uh compound that i used to shoot when i was five or six years old I used to shoot it into a dirt pile about two miles from where i'm sitting right now so um yeah just uh, archery's always been a family affair for us and uh, that's kind of how I got my, how I got my start in, in archery and in the industry. This is the only job I've ever had. And it's, uh, it's just been a blessing to be able to be part of such a great fraternity of, of people over the years. So when you say that, you know, when you started out with, um, stabilizers and, you know, kind of all the different products and all the different things, this is maybe a, a an off the wall question. Um, but it's just kind of, I, I like to make people, real people you know what i mean like everybody has an idea and they say man this 
or you you see a product that comes out and it really takes off and you know everybody says you know I have I had that idea you know and, and people do things that come to fruition but you know not many not very often do we get to talk to people that have gone through so you know such a long uh, run and uh, through different things so like was there anything that you guys made that just didn't take off like you got a warehouse full of them still to this day and you walk by them and you're like what were we thinking or you know we thought that was going to be the next thing. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's definitely been products like that. I mean, uh, you know, the optimizer, that, that's a once in a lifetime product. I mean, they'll just come along every day. So, I mean, for, for every product that we turn out, that's a, that's a, a home run. We, we, we've had a lot of singles and, and doubles and triples over the year. And unfortunately had a, had a lot of fall balls and some where we just swung and completely missed. So, um, one, one, I guess that comes to mind was a, uh, uh it was called the gobbler. It was, a it was a plastic, like a PVC track that was about a foot and a half long. And then it had a, had a pulley on each end and a, and a, and a series of rubber bands and then a, about a 30 foot string. And it was a mechanical, uh, turkey decoy device that you could, you know, operate from 10 or 15 feet away and, and simulate a bird moving. And, um, we sold a few, but I mean, that was, boy, I'd have to look. That was probably right around the time the optimizer came out. So late, late nineties, early two thousands. Um, and so that was, that was kind of a whiff. And then, uh, we had a mechanical release probably 15 years ago that we thought was going to be the next best thing. And, um, it was just, it was a little too cumbersome. It worked, worked very well, but, uh, just ergonomically, it didn't fit the hand very well. And it was, it was a kind of a flop. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, for every, for every great product that we come with, um, I shouldn't say for everyone, but, but, but there's definitely been some, some misses along the way. And I mean, my dad tried to get into the industry back in the late seventies, um, and just had some, some initial, you know, small time success. And then, uh, just, just wasn't able to make a go of things. So, I mean, there was a lot of lean years on the front end. Everybody knows HHA is the household name now, but uh, it wasn't always like that. There was a time where, where we didn't have two nickels to run together. So like I said, we're just very blessed to have the level of success that we have. And, um, Hard, hard to believe it's been almost 40 years. So, Yeah, I mean, like I say, just kind of an off-the-wall question, but I, I mean, so my family owns a business as well, and I've got, I mean, we've got a warehouse that, you know, I'm almost 40, I'll be 40 this year, and there's things in that warehouse that I, that were there when I was a kid, like that I remember, <laughs> you know, and I just, I just try and put myself in the position, like, to think about, like, what, you know, what, why did they order so many of those? Or like, what was going on at the time? Um, so it's, it's gotta be interesting. I mean, for, for John and I, I would imagine that it would be probably cool, like super cool to just walk through the warehouse and see like old dusty stuff that was from our youth or like things that, you know, we used to have a, a Armstrong sporting goods used to be like that. I mean, up until a couple of years ago, we had a sport shop up just North of us. And man, it was like, he had stuff from the eighties in there, brand new bows still hanging up in the rafters. You can go up and check all that stuff out, but <laughs> kind of cool. But. So w- yeah, we don't uh, we we don't have a lot of old stuff laying around in our warehouse. Unfortunately, well, I guess fortunately yeah, and unfortunately, you know, we we have a small showcase with kind of our our forty year history condensed into about ten square feet, and we, we'd like to expand that at some point if we ever get a bigger building. But it's uh, it's just neat to look at how the product has evolved over the years and. Um, just to see how, how far we've come. So for sure. Now with you, um, in that archery background, like what is, what was your, uh, 
introduction to hunting or you know your your hunting style over there in Wisconsin I mean with Wisconsin and Michigan you know we have these deep rooted traditions of deer camps and you know hunting seasons and the orange army and and all of that stuff but how how was your uh what was your introduction to hunting um, I've always been pretty fortunate almost from day one. We either had family friends that had land or, you know, we would lease, we would lease land. Uh, we, we leased land in Buffalo County, which is pretty famous. We, we, we were over there. We were in Buffalo County before Buffalo County was cool. So, I mean, late eighties, early nineties, when the QDM movement was really starting, we, we hunted over there. We, by our own admission, we weren't the best, we weren't the best hunters. We, uh, we ate, ate out at the supper clubs quite a bit and probably stayed out too late, but we didn't, uh, we didn't bring home a lot of deer as a result. But, um, but I shot my first deer at, uh, would have been my dad's cousin on his land when I was 13 years old with, uh, with a bow. So, um, did a little gun hunting as a kid, but I was more, more an archery guy. So, um, and actually uh, struggled quite a bit my first few years in the woods. I just, I, I had pretty bad target panic. And so I, I had a lot of misses and unfortunately I wounded a handful of deer and I didn't, uh, I didn't get real proficient probably until late in high school and then kind of hit my stride in, uh, in, in college and out of college. And then I was, I was very, very effective in the woods and, you know, didn't put anything big on the wall, but I, I definitely filled my tag every year. And we always had a freezer full of venison. So that was kind of my, by early and in, in middle years of hunting. And then, you know, as you, as you get into the industry and, and it seems like as your I'm going to call it your popularity or as your status in the industry grows, you get opportunities to hunt other places and um, never really did a lot of that. I don't know why, I guess I just, you know, I traveled so much for the business the last 20 years that being gone from home, you know, four, six, eight weeks out of the year during the winter, I just like kind of a homebody when it came to hunting season. So um, I just, I, haven't uh haven't gone all over the globe hunting maybe i will at some point but right now i've got a got a pretty sweet 160 acres 15 minutes from the house where i i can you know have an opportunity at 140 150 inch deer every fall so i'm I'm content to sleep in my own bed and kind of kind of go from there yeah i can't fault you for that i mean (laughs) so john what's your like first memories of like the hha stuff I mean, like when you're, cause John, I mean, I, he kind of raised his eyebrows when you had said when you were born, cause I think you guys are about to, that was born be the same 74. Age. So, <laughs> so like for you and, and, you know, my father-in-law, John's uncle, and then John's dad, they grew up, you know, working at the bow shops. And so he has like a lot more history with all of the equipment than, than I do. I think I still have one of the original, I mean. I remember getting the old HHA, you know, movable pin or single pin, you know, site. I think I might still have it somewhere. And uh, I got a whole box of the, I think of everything I've, I've ever bought. But, you know, it was, I mean, when I was growing up, like, like what you were saying, started out with the bear and, and uh, I started out with the old PSE and we just had a single pin, you know, like the little brass pin. You know, when I finally mm-hmm. got a pin at first, my dad was like, no, you got to shoot, you know, no sights, you know, finger release or fingers, no release, all that. And then, but I think, I think it was, I had got a, I got a PSE Dominator 3D. And I'm pretty sure I, that was like a 96. I think it was one of the first machine risers. I think, I can't remember. I ended up getting a, an HHA at some point. Because for me, it would have been like 90, 
99, I think. I, it's just such a, like a vivid memory for me. And it was like seeing them like in the magazines and then like seeing like, man, these things are expensive, you know, or even for the time. And I was in, I was in Florida of all places on vacation. And for some reason we were at a Bass Pro Shop because I was at my uncle's house. And of course, you know, we were buying something for fishing or something. And uh, I went to the archery section and they had one like that was returned and it was like 50 bucks. And I was like, that's a steal. And I scooped it up and I hunted with that site until, I, I mean, until I saw your uh, kingpin optimizer right. light. <laughs> and I thought, wow, look at all the adjustability on that one. And right. so then I had to get one of those. Um, but it's just, I mean, like you say, it, it becoming like a, a household name. Like, uh, what was that like for you guys being a small shop or like, you know, like you said, when you were coming into it, you know, with essentially nothing and, and making, you know, kind of like making ends meet and following your passion and continuing all this stuff. And then going to, you know, like a home run would be an understatement, I think, for, for that optimizer. What, what was that like for you guys there? It was, uh, I mean, it's still to this day, it's still humbling. I mean, we don't take our success for granted. We've, uh, we've been fortunate enough for the last, I think, 17 years now to win the, uh, bow hunting world readers choice gold award for the top single pin movable site. I mean, that's, that's 2004. We're talking 2003, 2004. I mean, I, I had a lot less gray hair back then. And it's like, man, we won our first award and, and we're still winning it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's still surreal. I mean, my brother does a lot of our engineering, most of our engineering, in fact, and he always, you know, uses the phrase, you know, we walked into that ATA room and I mean, it's, there is a lot of companies in that building. And to think that we're considered, you know, number one amongst our peers and with the hunting public, it's, uh, again, and I use the word a lot, but I mean, it's just, it's a blessing with the level of success that we've been granted and, um, again, something that we don't, we don't take lightly. And, and I think that's why we're, we're always on the cutting edge, you know, what, what the next big thing is going to be, because we're not, we're not fearful of losing that, that status, but it's just something that we work so hard to get and, uh, we, we appreciate it and we just want to keep, keep giving back to the industry and, and stay on top of the mountain as long as we can. And so I guess for people that, um, aren't familiar which i guess they'd have to be like living under a rock or something um what has been the evolution of the the optimizer and the hha sites um just because like like i say like i always looked at it as that the original optimizer with like the little thumb screw and you had to slide it up and down and you put your own tape and i mean ultimately I mean, I, Frank still has one. Chris may actually have my old site and it's just got masking tape and it's got yards on it that I've, you know, you, you shoot it out to here and there. And then, you know, with the, with the newer ones, with the removable wheels, um, and the tapes, that's just the smartest, like easiest and all the micro adjustment. So can you kind of go through like the evolution of how it got from somewhat rudimentary and the design of it to where you're at now. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the first computer. I mean, I look back at the original prototype that was presented to us back in 94, 95. And I mean, it's obviously not anodized, so it's just raw aluminum and it's, it's crude and it's big. And it's like, man, this thing looks like a boat anchor. I wouldn't even dream of putting this on my boat, but you know, now 
almost 30 years later, 25 years later, um, you know, they've gotten smaller materials have gotten lighter. Um, we, we've gotten better. I mean, it's no different than an artist or, or somebody that, uh, that's writing books. I mean, I'd like to think that our craftsmanship has improved over time. And I mean, so our, our tolerances have gotten better. Um, we've gotten smarter with our design. So, um, the first probably 10 years there wasn't really a lot of refinement to be made. I think, you know, back on that first one, um, we were actually, we were actually machining the scope housing out of a solid block of Lexan, uh, which was crazy. But I mean, that was, again, we were only in business for 10 or 11 years and, uh, you know, the cost of a plastic mold was a little, a little scary. So we just said, well, for the first year, let's just, you know, we don't know how many of these things we're going to sell. We'll just machine these scopes out of plastic. Well, there was plastic Lexan shavings flying all over that machine shop. And about six months in, my dad said, we better, we better design a mold for this thing. So that was kind of evolution one. Um, and then after, I think at that point, you know, you're talking mid nineties, the cable guards were still, still down low on the bones. Well, then all of a sudden they decided to start putting the cable guards up high, more in line with your line of sight. So then we had to make the, the fan or that arc on the back that had to get smaller. So that's when the optimizer light came out. Um, and within about two or three years, it totally killed off the old version. So, you know, there you're talking mid 2000s. And then I think it was 2007. Um, my dad's the one that actually came up with the concept for our tape technology, how that works and shooting at 20 and 60 yards and then everything else kind of falls in between. So, uh, that, that was the year that the ultra came out, which, you know, we still make the optimizer light with the, the slide arm, like everyone's used to, but now the ultra had the, had the wheel on the rear end. And instead of having marks every five yards now with that tape getting bigger, now you have a mark, you know, from every, every yard from 20 to 60 yards, which now we bump that out to 80. So, um, so I mean, that takes you, I guess, through about the first 10 years of the, of the site. Uh, and after that, you know, then I think it was probably 2000, 2015, I believe when the Kingpin came out. So that was when the wheel went forward, you know, cause more people were wanting to mount the quivers close to the bow. So, so that was probably the next evolution. And then, uh, um, and then just recently, you know, within the last two, three years, we've kind of redesigned our micro adjust and, um, refined our, our pin housing, how the fiber optics are held. So, I mean, there's every year it's just like, well, what can we, what can we do to make this better? Um, and you know, unfortunately they're not all our idea, our ideas. We can't take credit for everything. So, I mean, we've got some great competition in the archery industry and we all kind of push each other to make things better. So, I mean, there's obviously ideas that are patented that you can't touch, but there's some things that the people just refine and it's like, Oh, that, that looks like a good idea. Let's, let's do what they did and refine it. And I think that, you know, that just, it happens, uh, it's no different than sports, you know, if a, a play works for a certain team, well, Hey, we should probably try that. So I think that happens a lot in, uh, in, in the archery industry and a lot of businesses. So, Well, I know that it's uh blasphemy, you know, but John switched from his HHA to another one because they had multi-pin slider. Yep. And so that's what we were talking about when we were looking at your sites and you, you know, you said, you know, go ahead and, you know, grab off there, whatever you want. And John's like, well, the real whole reason that I went away from it is because there wasn't a multi-pin slider. And you guys have brought that on now with the new, uh, Tetra series. Those are the ones that the, the first multi-pin sliders from HHA. No, we've had, and that's one area that we, by our own admittance, have struggled in. I mean, we've had, that, that's got to be at least the probably fourth or fifth incarnation of a multi-pin slider, but it's hands down the nicest one that we've ever had. So, I mean, going all the way back to, 
till the late nineties, we had a, we had a three pin that we were putting on a slider, but again, you know, we were known for our one pin. So uh, we really kind of put all of our chips in that basket. And so the, the multi-pin never really got as much attention as it should have. And, um, you know, as more and more people have wanted to go to that multi-pin slider, we just decided once and for all, Hey, we've got to, we've got to do our homework. Let's come out with a, you know, if our single pins are a 10, our, our multi-pins might've been a seven. So it's like, let's, let's really focus on this multi-pin this year. And I think we did that last year, that, uh, that new four pin that we came out with is, is hands down the nicest, nicest multi-pin we've ever had. And the, you know, the, the numbers are showing it, the, the dealers are supporting it and the general public is, is seeming to like it. So we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's the you know the best of both worlds. I mean, <clears throat> I love you know I loved my um, optimizer kingpin, you know, and I mean for shooting like three D or we'd go up to the toll archery challenge and stuff like that, and it's great. But like for a hunting situation, I like to have a multi pin, just especially for like in deer woods or or like if we're going out west. I mean, you never know when the elk or you know deer or whatever is going to come and you know move in or move out quick. And then to try to, you know, wheel that sight up or do the Kentucky windage with just one pin, it's like, man, I want to have, I like getting used to like four or five pins and then, then I can use my bottom pin as my rover. And then, you know, I like to shoot long distance too, just, you know, playing around in the yard. So I like to be able to shoot out to a hundred yards, but so now it's that new four pin is definitely a, a step up. So. Well, no, that's good to hear. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm a single pin guy through and through. I just, I, I, I like a one pin, but not everybody wants to drink that Kool-Aid. So we just realized, Hey, if we're going to, we're going to start, you know, stealing more market share from our competition, we've got to really shore up that side of the, of the yard. And we definitely did with that new four pin. So like I said, I'm excited that we've got it in the line and, uh, and definitely we'll, we'll continue to enhance that side of things too. So. And now, <laughs> I want John, John and I were going back and forth on this when I was setting up my multi-pin slider It, you know, the top pin versus the bottom pin as your Rover pluses, minuses. <laughs> what, what, do you, do you have any insight on that, Chris, or you're just a, a single pin guy and that's, I'm a that's single for Scott pin to guy deal and- with? <laughs> Uh, yep, that, that, that's exactly where I was going to kick that question, and uh, he he's done a really good job of uh, you know promoting that for us. And we've got a uh, I think we have a pretty in depth video on sighting in a multi pin. And I know there's a couple different schools of thought there. Some guys like to like to use the top end, some like to use the bottom. So um, again, being the owner of the company, I should probably have a better answer for you. But I'm gonna I'm gonna default that one to Scott and your listeners to go and check out our uh, our YouTube channel and watch our video on that one. Yeah. So, so yeah. Well, my my preference is the bottom pin because I like to shoot the you know the longest distance possible. So, mm-hmm. like you know, when I get this new new site set up, I'll have I'll probably do ten ten yard gaps. So it'll be twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, and then from then I'll set my sight tape up, and then I'll leave the you know the pointer at fifty yards, and then use my bottom pin as the rover. And then that way sure. I can crank her all the way out. I can probably get to 130 yards now. I mean, and you guys do an incredible job of you know doing that that 20 and and 60 on your setup tape. But John's like the nerd of the nerds. 
So what is your setup method, John? Well, that's just kind of like the old, I mean, I do it, I'll do it 20 and 60, but then I will go and then I'll do 20 and 80. And then even, then I'll even go out farther and just, you know, once I get a tape close, then I'll try to, you know, zero in my hundred, you know, and I'm not. He's, he's got the micrometer out there. Yeah, I'll, I mean, <laughs> I have my digital calipers, and I'll sit there and measure it all out. But, but I mean, you know, it just every little bit helps. But, I mean, for the most part, the 2060 is usually right on. I mean, for... It's 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 close enough for most, most people out there. But, I mean, in a perfect world, if everybody could shoot, you know, a, a grapefruit at a hundred yards, we, we would tell people to shoot 20 and a hundred, but I mean, I, I don't know a lot of guys that can consistently hit that at uh, at a hundred. I have a hard time doing that at, at 60 on a good day. So. Right. Yeah. It's just funny to me. Cause when I was setting up that one on my bow, it says, you know, for the average guy do this, but if you're, you know, looking for that extra or whatever. So even in the instructions, it's got guys like John in mind, for that that little bit extra and the one thing that i really really like about the sites and you talked about a little bit about the upgrading on it is that that micro adjust and, the new windage well the the new windage is great but even on the the old that optimizer light uh the kingpin light there um you know if if guys haven't had the experience even with like you know when i was getting um you know, my, my stuff and John's like, well, is it, you know, is it got the click? Is it, is it adjustable? Like that micro adjust is just, I mean, the, you, you talked Chris about like however many gray hairs, like the frustration factor. If you've ever tried setting up your own site and you're going back and forth and you're trying to mark it with a Sharpie or something like that, like those, <laughs> those little, it's just the little things that everything it seems to have been designed for like ease of use. And, uh, I think that that's kind of one thing that can't be overstated. For sure. And I mean, it, it kind of goes back to, you know, aim small, miss small. I mean, not, not everybody maybe is going to be able to shoot as good as the equipment, but we want to make sure that, you know, for, for the most meticulous guy or gal out there that really wants to dial this thing in that, that their equipment's going to be able to do that. Cause I mean, the last thing I want to do is send somebody into the woods in the fall without something that they're confident with. I mean, if you can be, if you can be driving tax, you know, on the 3d range or, or in your backyard, uh, you're just going to be that much more confident in the woods. I mean, we're, we're all hunters here. So we, we, we torture test this stuff before it goes to market. And we want to make sure that, uh, you know, if it won't perform for us, it's, it's not going to perform for the customers. So we're just, we're very, very uh strong on attention to detail in every aspect of our business and obviously in uh in the quality of our products so yeah one of the things too about that micro adjusting we've talked about it you know you say um you know in the in the deer woods there and uh like for me where that micro adjust comes in and we've talked about this on other podcasts but it's like the the that part of archery that's like between your ears like that that um you know where you need that confidence and like we'll be we'll be shooting our indoor league and and john's over moving his sight and doing stuff and i'm like you know this bow is on it's got to be me it's got to be me but you know that little mental thing where you can just take two clicks 
move it to the right. And then maybe you make a better shot, but it's got you out of your head. Like you adjusted the site. Um, and that certainly happened for me. And John's like, Oh, you know, maybe it's the temperature. Maybe it's you, maybe it's this and that, but it's funny to me. And this is a pretty good transition because that's the same way that I was like in, in the Marines on the rifle range. Like I was always like the, the gun was zeroed yesterday. Like it was, it was fine. You know, forget the wind conditions, you know, like it should be shooting just fine. And I never made those adjustments. And so I always shot like crap. Like it was just awful. And you know, then you know, you make the adjustments, you, you keep hitting in the same spot, you make the adjustments and it goes. And I said that as a, a kind of like a transition because that's 100% true, but you're a, a giant supporter of veterans in the military and, and you've taken, you know, what you've done or been able to do and all of your blessings from HHA and kind of um, taken that one step further to, to show that support. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about, um, you know, kind of what you're doing on, on that side for the veterans? Sure. I sure can. I mean, HHA USA, a lot of people might see that on our website or uh, we're starting to show it a little bit more on our packaging now because we want folks to know what we're all about, but um, probably see, this is 2021. So back in 2015, 2016, I started as a ground volunteer for our local honor flight chapter. Um, and for your listeners that aren't familiar with that, Honor Flight is a national organization. They've got about 140 chapters nationwide, but they send World War II, Korea, and Vietnam veterans to D.C. for the for the day to visit memorials erected in their honor. Um, and I actually got turned on to them. I was reading their local newspaper a couple of years prior to that, and a gentleman by the name of Jonathan Lucroy was an all-star catcher for the Milwaukee Brewers at the time. He had gone on the Honor Flight. Um, and I had come to know him through, uh, through a couple other ball players in the industry that hunted and, and we kind of hit it off. And, um, there was an article in the paper about him going on this honor flight and I texted him I'm like, Oops, tell me, tell me about this. And he's like, dude, hands down the coolest thing I've ever done. And this is the guy that just made his first all-star team. And so he's putting this honor flight up above that. And I was like, wow, I gotta, I gotta check this out. So anyway, I started as a ground volunteer and. Uh, it was 2016. I was driving home from the airport one night and I thought, man, how can I, how can I leverage, you know, the, um, the success that I've had in the archery industry to help raise money for this cause. So I just started making a few phone calls and, um, we scheduled three archery shoots in 2017. Um, and I just used a bunch of my connections in the industry to send us, uh, you know, door prizes that we could auction off essentially. And, uh, we raised $15,000 for our local honor flight chapter that year. So that was kind of how everything got started. Um, we did those same three shoots in 2018 and we doubled our, our money's raised to 30 grand. Uh, 2019, we added a fourth shoot and um, that year we raised 45,000. So at that point it was like, man, this is, this thing's taken off. Um, and I had people asking me, you know, to come to other parts of the state. And it's like, well, I'm just, I'm just a volunteer for this local honor flight chapter. So at that point I decided to start a, a 501c3 of HHA USA. And now, now last year we did, uh, even with COVID-19, we were able to put on eight shoots across the state of Wisconsin and we raised $60,000 for our veterans. So, And so what's on the docket for 2021? Um, I mean, it, it, you said that, okay, you just went and got you know, the, all the things to become a nonprofit. Now, is this becoming something um, kind of bigger than just you where you've got a, a committee or a board and, 
you know, it's it's getting, uh, you know, bigger and bigger and, and growing, or is it is it still just kind of you and um, kind of kind of making it work? Well, no, I mean, in order to have a five hundred one c three, I legally had to have uh, have a board, so it's myself and uh, and two other gentlemen that are on the board. But we just, you know, we meet once or twice a year just to kind of go over things and. Uh, uh, but other than that, I have, uh, I have eight, eight or nine active volunteers that I've just kind of organically met over the last three, four years doing these shoots. I mean, there's going to be anywhere from four to six of us at every shoot. You know, we've got eight shoots on the docket for this year. Um, and I can honestly see at some point this thing growing beyond state lines because I mean, uh, I run all the social media for it. And anytime I post a new shoot, I'll have people like, Hey, we're in Michigan, we're in Pennsylvania, we're in Florida. You know, when are you guys coming here? And, I mean, that's going to be, it's going to be a little while. Uh, you know, unfortunately I do have a, have a day job of, of helping run HHA. So I can't do this thing full time, but uh, I can, I can fully see at some point, you know, having HHA USA chapters in other States. Um, and one of the other cool things that we do and, and something I'm very passionate about is the 22 vets a day that commit suicide. So, uh, when I launched HHA USA, even though, you know, the bulk of our funds still go back to honor flight, uh, we partnered with three other veterans organizations, uh, wounded warriors in action, Neestead foundation and the E3 ranch foundation. And so the first 22% we raise every year, we equally divide it to those three groups and they, their wheelhouse is getting service men and women into the outdoors, hunting and fishing to help combat PTSD. So, um, again, something I'm, I'm super passionate about and it's just, it's been such a blessing to be able to work with the veteran community and, and use everything we've been given through HHA to give back. That's, I mean, I, I said it in the opening and, you know, I can't, I mean, it's, it seems like lip service, you know, when you're saying, oh yeah, we got a guest coming out and, you know, he's a super great guy and he's doing all this great stuff. But I mean, that's a lot to, you know, give back. And, and, and how did that become like such a personal, uh, passion of yours? I mean, I know that you saw the, the honor flight and thought, you know, that's pretty cool, but you know, uh, I would say 90% of the people don't do anything even in near that. So how, how did it become such a, a scalable thing? I mean, what, what, what's driving you to do that? Um, it was kind of a combination of things. I mean, I, uh, um, I mean, I was born and raised Catholic back in, you know, when I was a kid and I, I got away from my faith in high school and, um, got married, got divorced and went down a pretty dark road and, and was in a, in a bad, bad spot about 10 years ago to the point where, um, there was some days I didn't know if I was going to make it to the next one. I mean, I got into drinking pretty bad and just, I wasn't a, I wasn't a good person. The persona that, that Chris Ham was to the arch Republic was completely different than the guy that was off the clock after five o'clock. And so, um, long story short, I ended up meeting just an amazing Christian woman that I, I believe to this day and I'll believe it till the day I die. She was, she was heaven sent and, and helped me turn my life around. And at that point, that was when I, um, you know, my success had really gone to my head from, from HHA. And I was, you know, I was all about Chris for the first 40 years of my life. And, and that, that changed overnight when I, uh, uh, you know, when I found my faith again, and it was one of the things that God put on my heart was veterans. And I just, I, I kicked it away for probably two years because I, I'm not a veteran myself. I've got a couple uncles that were in Korea. Um, they didn't see combat. They were stateside. So I mean, I, I didn't really have a personal connection very closely with a veteran at that point. 
Um, but once I married this woman, her, uh, her father was in Vietnam. So, um, he's been instrumental to me first and foremost in my, my faith walk, but then just in, uh, you know, sharing some of his stories, uh, from being in Vietnam, I was actually able to go on the honor flight with him. So, um, that was probably the, the main catalyst behind that. And then, like I said, I also met, uh, Matt Lucroy and him telling me about honor flight. And then um, another really life-changing experience that I had, I was able to go to West Point back in 2016 to the Department of Defense Warrior Games um, to see, uh, you know, some of the servicemen and women that had been injured in combat competing in the archery division um, in that. And that, I mean, I'll never forget this to this day. I was, uh, I was sitting in the bleachers watching this gentleman that had blown up, been blown up by an IED his face was completely unrecognizable. He had no fingers and he was shooting at 20 meters better, better than I could on my best day. And I was like, man, that I, I'm never going to complain about having a bad day again. Once I saw what that gentleman was doing and that just really, really shook me to the core. And I just, I knew at that point, I knew that archery was such a huge part of that man's life and what it had done to him. And and. I'll never forget flying home on the airplane that night from uh, from New York with a good friend of mine who was in the service, and, and we had already at that point started talking about starting a, starting a nonprofit. So I mean that's a it's kind of a long story, but that's that's where my heart for veterans came from. And I you know I'm not saying this just because I'm on a podcast. I'll say this to a guy at Walmart in the grocery line, but I mean without our veterans, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation right now. And I just I have so much respect for for anybody that ever put on that uniform and defend the freedoms for our country. Yeah. I mean, and it, it completely kind of uh, radiates through you. I mean, like for everything that you're doing and, and, you know, for, for all the stuff. And I mean, obviously, you know, I was in the Marines and I deal with a lot of, you know, my, uh, a lot of the people that are around me are veterans and that it, it just kind of, um, I don't know. It's one of those things where it's not for, for 99% of the guys, it's not anything that you're looking for the thank you or you're, you know, um, it's just, I guess maybe was something that you wanted to do at the time, or there's a family history or something like that, but it's never for like, a uh, a, a thank you, you know, it's, it's just, it's just is what it is. It seems kind of silly, but, um, you know, we, there are so many people that have been affected by so much and, you know, for, for people to reach out and, and give back. And, you know, I've got a lot of friends that are in, um, you know, other veterans organizations in the outdoors and, you know, getting veterans out, um, you know, that means a lot to, to a lot of people. And I've got friends that are, you know, working their way through some inner demons in the outdoors. And it is, it is a great, a great thing. And, you know, like you and I had talked before, but the honor flight, um, you know, especially for guys of that era. And you said a lot of the, the Korean world war two guys are kind of passing on. So it's opening up spots for some of the Vietnam guys that didn't get a warm welcome home. Um, and, and to have that is, is gotta mean, you know, just so much to them from, from the experiences that they had. So, 
I mean, that's, yeah, that's great. I can't imagine. I mean, I've been, you know, as a volunteer for honor flight, I've been a part of, you know, a half dozen welcome homes and was able to go on a couple flights myself. And I just, I know how emotional I get being a civilian and just seeing how much it impacts these, uh, these men and women that served our country. And it's, it's just an amazing, amazing organization. And it's something that, uh, you know, I've gotten to be pretty good friends with the, the gentleman that co-founded our local chapter. Um, right. I told him a couple of weeks ago, I said, I'm going to, I'm going to be supporting you guys until I I'm sucking my last breath. And I honestly, I honestly believe that. Cause I mean, it's, it's, it's my passion. It's what I'm all about. And, you know, I've been fortunate enough to the point now where, uh, we have so many great people working at HHA that they've been able to kind of take some of my workload away from me. So I, I don't work eight or 10 hour days anymore. I mean, there's, there's days where I still have to, but for the most part, I mean, I can accomplish what I need to do for, for my for-profit business in four or five hours a day. So that allows me the other four or five hours to, uh, to pour into this nonprofit. I mean, we've just got some really, really cool stuff on the, on the horizon for this year. Um, again, like I said, we're having eight, eight shoots, going to be announcing a ninth one here real soon. Um, we've got a partnership coming up with a pretty well-known national archery tour that we're, we're hitching our train to, and we'll be announcing that on social media here probably within the next couple of weeks. And, um, uh, and then I guess I can, I can, uh, drop another little spoiler alert. I'm actually getting ready to start my own podcast for HHA USA probably here in the next uh, two or three months. So. All right. Well, you'll have to let us know when you do that. We'll, we'll share the heck out of it. Um, well, and, and, and I've, I've got a, I've got a veteran that I know over there that I'd love to have on as a guest too. Cause I mean, that's, that's been one thing that I've really, you know, for as great of a thing as we're doing here, I, I love what we're doing with HHA USA, but my biggest, my biggest prayer in the last couple of years since I started this is how can I increase the reach beyond state borders without having to leave my couch? And I don't want to sound lazy when I say that, but I mean, I'm only, I'm only one man at this point. And, uh, you know, it might be a few years before we can start planting chapters in other states, but I think, um, you know, this partnership we've got coming up with this, uh, this traveling archery tour, I think is going to help us out. And then, um, my biggest thing, I mean, yeah, we want to, we want to raise money for vets. We want to send them on hunts. We want to send them on honor flights, but, but the biggest thing that I want to get across to, to your listeners and just to anybody out there is just to, just to appreciate our veterans. And I mean, that doesn't, it doesn't have to cost you a dime. I mean, I, I live five minutes from Walmart. I'm in there once a week buying groceries and buying stuff. And I, I'm just, I'm on constant alert looking for those, those guys and those gals with those veteran hats and just thanking them for their service. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a simple thank you and they keep walking. And I've had some awesome, you know, five, 10 minute conversations with guys that it's like, man, that was, that was awesome. It meant as much to me, I think, as it did to them. So, um, I'm just, I'm looking forward to starting the podcast because I have so many connections, you know, within the veteran community now and within the archery and the outdoor community of other companies that, uh, you know, they may not have started nonprofits, but they, they sponsor us and help us out. And so I think it's going to be a lot of fun to get that thing started and really kind of turn the volume up on what we're doing with HHA USA this year. Well, podcasting is fun. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing it if it was. I mean, it's a lot of work. I, I love it. I mean, I, I, I like being on this side of the chair. I just, you know, ever since COVID hit, it seems like I'm doing a podcast every other week. I just, I love getting on them and I love telling my story, but I know that other people have a story too that, uh, that needs to be told. And, um, like I said, I just, I'm, I'm really excited to, to kind of get the ball rolling on that and, and start sharing some of this stuff with folks. We've got a lot of, a lot of exciting stuff coming down the, coming down the pipeline here in 2021 so 
Well, so for, for 2021, and I mean, you know, you, you laid it out there. I don't think anybody can, um, I mean, after, if they've made it this far on the podcast, I don't think anybody can go out and shop for another site other than HHA, right? I mean, it's, <laughs> you're doing a good thing. What are some of the new things since there was no ATA this year uh, for 2021 for uh, HHA, the company? Uh, we got back into the stabilizer market this year. So like I said earlier, I mean, 1984, our first product ever was a stabilizer. And that, that lasted until, you know, maybe the early, the mid nineties, and then it kind of died out. And then once we got into sites, that was where we put all of our eggs for a long time. And we had, uh, we maybe had two, two or three other stabilizers in the last 25 years, but I think it's probably been, I'd have to look back at our catalogs. It's probably been mid 2000 since we had one. So, um, that was one category that we just felt like we could probably make some, make some noise in. And, um, we had kind of a unique idea brought to us by a, by a good friend of mine that's actually on my board of directors for our nonprofit that, uh, um, he had patented. So we, we kind of did a spinoff of that and came out with an adjustable stabilizer. And then we've got a six, eight and a 10 inch, you know, fixed length and, um, uh, sidebar bracket. We've got weights, we've got slings. So we we're we're fully, fully into the stabilizer market and the early reviews on that have been pretty positive. So we should start shipping those here in the next couple, three weeks. Um, and then we hadn't really planned on doing anything new on sites just because we went all in on those back, uh, you know, on our 2020 release and we were just going to take a year off and focus on the stabilizers. But then the, the engineers from Hoyt approached us back in November. Um, and they came out with a new, new site mounting system with a Picatinny rail on the front of the bow this year. So, um, we partnered with them as well. So our Tetra and our Tetra Max sites will be available with the, with the Hoyt Picatinny adjustment on it here in the next couple of weeks too. So uh, that was just kind of a, kind of a little side blessing that we weren't really expecting, but uh, we're, we're definitely getting a lot of phone calls, emails, posts on social media, wondering when those are going to be shipping too. So. Yeah. I mean, if you've got Hoyt coming after you and saying, Hey, we need you to make a site specifically for this. I mean, it's got to be good to be number one, then, huh? <laughs> that was that was flattering. I mean, I'm, I'm, I have to tell the whole story. There was a couple of our other uh, uh, competitors that they also came after as well. So we were not the only one in that game, but um, we were we, we were in the in the conversation, which again is flattering. And um, it was an easy engineering project for us because it was literally just two different parts. So, um, like I said, those will be shipping out here in the next couple of weeks. So I'm, I'm curious to see what the what the success of those is, but uh, to partner up with a company like Hoyt, uh, even though we're in Matthew's country, we, uh, you know, we, we understand not everybody's going to gonna drink that Kool-Aid and, and we were approached by them. So we sure they weren't going to say no. So. So one, one of the questions I always ask is um, what bow are you shooting right now? And what's your setup? I have right now, I've got a point. It's probably got to be a three-year-old Matthew's traverse. Um, and I'm running our Tetra Max Hunter on that with our with our Matthews rest, and then I just just put a new set of stabilizers on it here a couple of weeks ago. So and I'm shooting uh, shooting Black Eagle Spartan arrows, and um, I'm friends with the guys at Paradigm uh, and at Rage, so I'm still shooting Rage hypodermics. So that's my <clears throat> that's my whitetail setup, and that's pretty much primarily all I do. I have a turkey hunter for probably ten or fifteen years, and I'm going to get back into that game because. Uh, uh, we just partnered with a group called the breaking point They're a Wisconsin based do a really good online streaming, uh, hunting show. So a bunch of those guys hunt locally by us. And so we're going to go out and hopefully kill some turkeys on film here in May. So 
Sweet. Sounds good. <laughs> so oh, and I do have a I do have a new Atlas, Matthew's Atlas on order when uh, whenever I can pry one of those out of Matthew's hands, but just like everybody else manufacturing outdoor outdoor products these days, the the, the wait might be a little while. So <laughs> Yeah, I was looking at that Atlas myself. I'm like, man. That looks like an awesome bow. So with the I, with the I, I, Atlas, Chris, are you a, a? I mean, John's a huge guy. So I mean, are you a, like super tall? Do you need that long bow with the long draw length? Or I am. Yeah, I'm six four. So I like a little uh, little longer longer axle to axle, a little longer draw length. So yeah, yeah, I'm six three, and I shoot at least a thirty one inch draw length. So yeah, I'm a thirty and a half. So. <laughs> So, um, for the, the shoots through HHA USA, where can people like find these events? Where can they follow along? How do they sign up? Uh, and then what about guys, you know, cause our listeners are all over the country and you're, you know, you're only able to do these events, you know, right now in, uh, Wisconsin. So, you know, if other guys hear this and they're like, man, I would really like to help out with that. Or, um, you know, it's a great thing they're doing. Um, how can guys help out or become involved or donate or, or whatever? Yeah. So our, I'm just, uh, I just announced everything. All of our shoots got announced on social media at the end of 2020 and then early 2021. So, um, our website will be getting updated here in the next month. So I would say by the first of March, all of our events will be posted on there. Um, and then on Facebook as well, we'll have an event created for everyone. Um, and I wasn't planning on announcing this tonight, but you kind of put me on the spot. So um, that uh, that uh, popular national touring uh, archery tournament that I referred to is the R100. So HHA and HHA USA are actually going to be active sponsors for the R100 this year, which I'm pretty excited about because they've got uh, 21 events around the country. And um, the gentleman that's doing their advertising for them now used to work for... Uh, for Grandview Media, which is archery business, bow hunting world. So I've known him for years and he called me up right before Christmas and said, Hey, I, I got an opportunity for you. And, um, I was able to, uh, since our, our 501c3 only operates in Wisconsin, I can't legally raise money out of state, but I can't stop anybody else from doing it. So our 100 is going to be putting up a 10 target course called, uh, white tails for warriors. And all of that money will get donated back to HHA USA at the end of 2021. Sweet. That, that's awesome. That's so, really cool. So. Uh, my, 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 my prayer has definitely been answered in the form of, you know, partnering with a very well-known target company that's got a very popular, you know, national uh, 3D archery tour that uh, is going to hit, you know, 21 different locations throughout the year. Um, you know, and then a combination of that and starting our podcast, I think that will, will definitely put more eyes and ears on what we're doing. And, you know, for people that either can't make one of our events here in Wisconsin or can't hit an R100, um, we do have a donation button on our on our website hhausa.org. So, I mean, all those funds will go back to to Honor Flight Chapters and those other three uh, military nonprofits that I uh, veteran nonprofits I t- told you about earlier in the show. So, the uh, I'm I'm our main volunteer, if you want to call me that. My wife helps out a ton behind the scenes, and then I've got you know, like I said, eight or ten other guys that are just sold out on this cause as much as I am and help me out and nobody makes a dime off of this thing. So any money that flows this way, uh, to USA goes right back to our veterans. Well, that's awesome. Now, um, 
do you have a name for the podcast and a time frame is you know where when guys can start looking for that or am I putting you on the spot one more time? I was I, I was I was just thinking about that in the shower this morning. They're like, man, I've got HHUSA, but what am I going to call this podcast? So I I don't have a name for it yet, but it's obviously going to have that big HHUSA emblem on it. It'll have something to do with you know getting veterans into archery and into the outdoors. So. Um, that's that's something that uh, I'm going to put my marketing cap on one of these days and come up with that name. But uh, I would think we're at the first part of February. I, I definitely want to get it going before um, our first shoot. Our first shoot is May 15th. So, and I want to get, you know, five or six of these in the can. So once we start, we can just keep rolling them out. So I would probably see, you know, I, I would say definitely in the next two months, probably right after Easter, by the middle of April, you should start seeing that podcast and, uh, we'll obviously announce it on, you know, our social platforms for HHA USA and HHA sports. So. Well, awesome, Chris. We'll definitely, uh, let everybody know when that does come out and, uh, you know, continue to, to support you and all that you're doing. I mean, that's, that's really great, but, uh, you know, thanks for coming on here and, and sharing your story and kind of talking a little bit about the, you know, the HHA stuff, you know, the day job, but I think, you know, kind of more powerfully you know all the other stuff you're doing is i mean like i said you know with the products and all of that i mean it's it's hard to argue with what you know what you've what you're doing with you know what you've got so uh you know thank you for everything that you're doing as well no i mean like i said we've been very fortunate we've got such a loyal band of uh of followers over the years and that just that seems to be you know continuing to grow because you know we, we make all our products on american soil and and you know, everything's made here. It's got a lifetime warranty and, uh, you know, that's, that's brought us a lot of, a lot of loyalty over the years. And like I said, when it was time to start giving back to, to somebody, the, the veterans just totally made sense. So we had started a, a military discount program back right around that same time when all that stuff was happening. Um, and so that's really, really kind of kicked into high gear too. I, I I've taken a step back from, uh, some of the day-to-day sales stuff, you know, I've got a great sales manager that handles a lot of that, but uh, if, if veterans go to our website and, and email somebody about military discount, that, that comes right to me because I want to have those conversations with those guys and gals. And uh, I, that's probably one of the favorite parts of my day when I see a new new inquiry come over for, for military discount. That means I get to talk to another veteran about getting them into an HHA and, and hearing a little bit of their story if they want to share it. So, Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks for stop by i think that's kind of all we got this evening but um like i say just thanks for your time and and everything that you've done no you guys are very welcome and if you get energetic maybe you can hop on the ferry and uh head over to the lake and come over to a shoot this year if you're if you get bored yeah we'll have to check out the schedule it's i mean john's taking the ferry a bunch of times it's (laughs) yeah sounds i mean definitely we love getting our getting our shoots on so (laughs) Well, we got eight of them over here for you, so maybe we'll uh, we'll be shooting some arrows together this summer. Sounds good. Looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. Yeah.